You're listening to the Film Marketing Academy podcast, the audio series dedicated to helping filmmakers create better film marketing campaigns faster. Join your host, Pascal Fintoni, for what promises to be an exciting and intriguing voyage of discovery filled with advice, stories, and film marketing ideas. Thank you for tuning in. And now, on with today's episode of the Film Marketing Academy podcast. Right, Roger. Now, a few weeks ago, we chose a movie. We probably had the longest title, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. And today, we've chosen a movie with the shortest title ever, Two Letters, Us, by Jordan Peele. One of the most scary movies I've seen for quite some time. It is quite an uncomfortable watch, isn't it? You know, it's um, it's one of those films which genuinely genuinely scares you um and we're going to have to be very very careful as we talk about this film today pascal aren't we because there are certain plot twists within the film which if we talk about them too much it will give it away spoilers i guess and 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 anybody who hasn't watched the film yet who wants to watch it as a result of our discussion we don't want to ruin it for you so we will have to dance around the plot points a little bit but yeah you're absolutely right it's it's an uncomfortably scary film. Um, I suppose the theme starts off almost like a, a home invasion type film, doesn't it? And let's face it, there are lots of those around at the moment. Uh, but this is this takes it to so much more detail and so much more depth that yeah, it really does have you on edge quite a lot. For me, what was interesting, and we will talk about the marketing in a moment, and how actually, as to your point, they kept things very low-key and didn't reveal too much, but this idea of home invasion, this idea also of you know the, the, the way in which light was being used and sound and and the movement from you know those invaders but also how it switches suddenly it's almost like and we'll talk about this in a moment a tribute to many other horror movies and and the horror genre coming from different cultures including japanese horror movies but um I've seen my fair share of horror movies, and it's been a while since I've been made uneasy and unnerved to the degree that Jordan Peele did in this one. So it begins as a kind of uh, family story. They're going for a break, as parents, two children. They're going to Santa Cruz. We learn that it so happens to be the mother's childhood um, kind of town and, and city. And I have to say, the moment I saw the boardwalk, the amusement park and the roller coaster, I said, oh no. And I must ask you a question, Roger. Don't you know those don't those characters watch horror films too? Because if they've seen Lost Boys or any of the others, they would know that this is not going to be a good place. At the moment I see a very old and ancient kind of roller coaster, I know that you're in for trouble. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of the things that I immediately realised by watching <laughs> this film. Now, let, let, let's be clear, it's set in Santa Cruz 
actually Santa Cruz the town, which exists, it's in California, and the boardwalk with the giant dipper roller coaster, and I think that was built in something ridiculous like 1925. That roller coaster is nearly 100 years old. In The Lost Boys, as you said, Pascal, it was the same town, but I think they called it something else. It was called Santa Clara. Correct, but it yes. Was, it, was, it was definitely Santa Cruz. And and I associate Santa Cruz with the Lost Boys, you know, because I've never been there myself. When I see Santa Cruz in in vlogs, as it often as often see it on um, on YouTube, my immediate thought is it's Lost Boys. So when I started watching this film, I was immediately put into horror mode, even <laughs> before you know we got into any of the horror content, because they're oh they're in Santa Cruz, something's definitely going to go horribly wrong here. That reminds me a bit, you know, when you watch Scream, the very first one, and one of the characters says, you know, horror films are like a survival guide. If you watch horror films, you will stay alive. So I would highly recommend for the characters who end up being in horror stories, you should watch more horror films. You'll know what to do. So it begins <laughs> as this family outing, and they, they have lovely neighbors, and they live in a lovely area. And the, the, the son essentially has an encounter that triggers a chain of events which leads to the intruders uh, arriving in, in, in their homes. And from that moment on, it really changes gear completely. But as far as classifying this as a horror film, this adjective or kind of description is warranted because the, the scares, the violence, the gore, everything, whilst a very clever story is being told, uh, it's, it's all there really. Yeah, I'm not sure whether I'm right about this, Pascal. But um, is this a, is this a um, an example of something which has a genre shift in it? It almost feels as if part way through the film, it almost almost goes from what being one thing to being another. Um, the Descent's another film that does that. Mm -hmm. It starts off yeah. as people potholing, and and you feel that it's all about them being trapped underground, and then all of a sudden it turns into a monster movie. You know. On the face of it, this is a family in trouble, you know, w with family issues going on holiday to try and sort themselves out. And then, bang, it turns into a full-scale scary thing. Very so. And, and every time you think, well, you, you have a view that the movie is not going to go too far, it actually goes that far. You know, in terms of uh, being a horror film, you can imagine that some of the people don't, don't make it for very long. And and sometimes you go, well, no, they're going to be fine, and they're not. So what Jordan Peele has done is he has created a, um, a story that is very clever. I mean, this is a film you can watch more than once, in fact. It's also, I think, in its own way, an homage to other horror movies that he's enjoyed himself. But he's also exploring, as film directors would do, his own fears, which he has shared in you know, in, in the chat shows and so on. And for me, the, the one thing that it explores really well is obviously the fear of the dark in general, something that our ancestors had to deal with, no doubt, because back in the days of living in caves, I'm sure there was some pretty unpleasant stuff out there, crawling about in the dark, um, crawling, the movements and the motions um, of the intruders is really get, got under my skin a, a lot. And... I know that won't be revealing too much because it's part of the marketing, but the use of the scissors 
not just as weapons but also a, just an item to use and to just hear the the snapping and snipping of, of the blades to use to threaten the family <laughs> yeah and, and and again the the intruders are all wearing if i remember rightly almost like overalls aren't they all wearing blue overalls if i remember rightly and and it it, it just it just creates this sort of it's like a, the uniform of the intruder um, it reminded me of some Doctor Who monsters from the past called Autons that used to wear overalls as well. Uh, yeah, incredibly creepy. And uh, it's, it's, it's a different sort of horror film, isn't it, Pascal? I mean, it, it doesn't really fit into any specific character that, ca uh, category. That's where, that was where I was going with this whole genre shift thing. It, it, it's not really a monster movie. It's not a slasher film. It's not a... It, it just seems to have elements of quite a lot of different things and maybe that's why it makes you feel uncomfortable because you know you're just not quite sure where it's going to go yeah it makes you uneasy all the way and and just to say that of course it, it does celebrate the work of previous filmmakers and horror filmmakers it's not distracting you don't spend the whole movie going oh here's here's a little nod to jaws here's another one to invasion of the body snatchers it's afterwards that it comes back so i didn't feel that was distracted by watching the film but it is incredibly it's a very tense psychological horror film t to me uh, and and the ending is is just quite quite incredible and you keep rooting for the characters but in terms of um you know the, the way it was done thinking that the intruders very very quickly uh, as it is part of the marketing we can share that are revealed as the doppelgangers of the family so now you end up in a situation where you have to fight yourself it, it's just incredibly clever as in a way to torment your character but also your audience <laughs> yeah yeah and and as i say there's you know, we've already discussed darkness is scary uh dop there's something scary about doppelgangers as well isn't it fighting yourself and you know that whole idea of opening the front door and you're and you're staring at yourself that is that is genuinely creepy uh genuinely creepy so it's so what about the marketing it's a little bit low key i would i i actually thought i think it was intentional, intentional. i'm going to say it was intentional two things it was really fast i mean people heard about the movie vaguely in around december 2018 with yeah. a teaser poster which actually was very different to the other posters and then literally the movie was released in march of 2019 so i, I i'm going to say it was done on purpose. I think it was exactly what they wanted because they wanted word of mouth uh, to, to kind of play the, the big part of marketing. So, yes, you're right. It, it was the usual, the posters, the website, the, the social media and so on. But I think people didn't know anything much until the uh, South by Southwest Festival where the actual trailer was revealed. And then elements of the story, but not everything. Um, I think what was revealed really well was the music, which I think we need to just acknowledge the sound design, the scissors, again, they, they play a part in everything, and the doppelgangers were revealed, and they kind of go, I want to see this because I want to know how this family is going to get out of this one because this looks really quite quite creepy. And, and already in the trailer, Roger, they revealed the way in which the doppelgangers moved. There was something really unnerving, uh, almost like they were insects type thing so another thing another fear from our ancestors big creepy crawlies creepy coming crawlies. into the cave yeah 
Yeah, no, the music was was pretty good, wasn't it? I mean, again, it, it added to the whole soundscape that they've created with mm. this film. You've already said the scissors and that sort of thing. And and they they actually released some of those tracks in advance, didn't they, as part of the marketing of the film. And that's that's quite interesting because it's not usually what you would think they would do. I mean, the music, well, okay, we'll hope somebody buys the soundtrack if they've been to the cinema and enjoyed the film. But to actually lead with the music as part of your marketing is quite an interesting approach. And another interesting decision about the marketing, they only produced and released one trailer. Yeah. That was it. Now, you and I have reviewed by now 29 films, and all of them have had different trailers, different length, different audiences, different reasons. And this one was, no, no, that's all you're going to get, that one trailer with all the different kind of key elements of, of the story. That's all you're going to get. Yeah, and of course, we've tried very hard not to give too much away in this review here. Uh, maybe maybe they just thought, you know, we can't put out a tr- more than one trailer. And even the trailer they put out wasn't a particularly long trailer because if they if they actually blew some of the shocks in the trailer, then they would take away quite a lot of what makes the film get so scary. So quite a bit. I, guess they, I guess they had to really be careful with what they put in the trailer. There was one very interesting marketing or PR stunt, you could argue. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned the music a moment ago, and we know that Jordan Peele, who, by the way, was also the the director of, um, is it Get Me Out? Get Me Out, yeah. Oh, man, what, what a film. But, of course, his background as a producer and his many connections in the world of music, he brought that kind of hip-hop culture into, into the film quite a bit. But also what he did then was to, to invite fan art to help promote the film with a collaboration with um, Giphy. That's genius, isn't it? Oh, that's I, I just love that. Again, it, it's cre- playing to people's creativity uh, and, and just it, it, it's it's brings people in doesn't it It creates community and it creates buzz and and that's what we that's what draws people into uh, want to watch the film so people could submit fan art with a punch with giphy based purely on the music yeah purely on the trailer or after they've seen the film and if they've seen the film what they could do roger is use the hashtag us first as in to symbolize that you've been one that the few that's in the movie first so again this element of complicity with the audience is i think a lesson in, in its own right um which i think we could try and extrapolate to the world of business everything that we do to give people that privileged position to be uh seeing it first but also then to contribute to the marketing with fun art reviews i'd imagine that if you've been one of the first you'd be all over youtube or, or podcasting to kind of sing the praises of a great story yeah, absolutely. And of course, at the end of the film, there is an incredible twist, which again, we're not going to give away because definitely <laughs> genuinely you do need to watch watch the film. And, and I have to say, Pascal, it's such an incredible twist uh, and they pull it off so well. Uh, and it still leaves a little bit of ambiguity in my mind. I had, I've actually watched this film twice quite close together simply because i wanted to experience the twist again quite soon after the first time i watched it just almost to make sure that i'd got it and thought oh my god i've got to watch that again seriously got to watch that again just to make sure that i've got it right 
you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I do I do know. Uh, it's one of those films that um, it's too early to be called a classic, of course. It was only yeah. released a couple of years ago. But it's on its way to becoming a classic. Uh, uh, two things. I think people who love movies in general will want to watch it over and over again because to begin with, it's beautifully filmed. We've, we've spoken about the music and the sound design, but also the story is just so, so gripping. And, and I think there'll be things you'll miss anyway the first time. But I reckon if you're into filmmaking, then you're in for a treat as well because clearly he knew his stuff as a producer. He could use his producer, but now as a director as well, he's reached, shown his, his worth. In fact, that was interesting. I wonder if that's one of the reasons why he was a, very happy to be interviewed as much as he did leading up to the release of the film, but also where when he was interviewed, he did spend a lot of time talking about the making of the film uh, as well as the characters and the storyline and how good you know the film is. Yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely right. I think um, if you haven't seen this film, you and you're listening to the show today, just just get it wherever you can find it. Netflix, um, Amazon, wherever it is, buy it if you need to. But it's really well worth it. And turn the lights off, <laughs> or at least turn the lights down, and get ready to be scared. <laughs> so mr roger edwards this was episode number 31 thank you very much for being such an amazing co-host and taking us through the different segments to our viewers and listeners thank you so much for your support please leave comments and suggestions in usual places in particular for the content spotlight and film marketing section until the next one, go out there and make sure your marketing is done right. I was Pascal Fintoni and he was Roger Edwards. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Film Marketing Academy podcast, the audio series dedicated to helping filmmakers create better film marketing campaigns faster. For more information about our film marketing consultancy and training services, go to filmmarketingacademy.com and book your free discovery video call. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe and follow your host on social media for more updates.